and welcome to The Therapist Mindset. I'm your host, Jamie Bonaudo, licensed professional counselor, licensed alcohol and drug counselor, registered yoga instructor, and Reiki master. The Therapist Mindset is an unedited, unscripted podcast because mistakes are not failures. There are our greatest opportunities. So join me on The Therapist Mindset where we pair evidence-based therapies with a spiritual backbone. Through mindfulness, we grow and change. Let's get started. Let's dive deep into codependency. Codependency is something that I feel like we don't talk enough about. When we talk about toxic relationships, unhealthy family dynamics. We talk a lot about the narcissist. We talk a lot about an abusive person. We talk about a lot about toxic relationships and the person with quote-unquote bad behavior. But the codependent plays a large role in that dynamic. So what is codependency? Codependency is sometimes referred to as relationship addiction. It is, um, I like to describe it as somebody whose emotional wellness, whose mental health and mental wellness is dependent on another person being well or not well. So If an individual says, I'm okay, then the codependent is okay. If an individual says, I'm not okay, then the codependent all of a sudden is not okay. They, in a healthy relationship, a healthy individual with a healthy attachment, a secure attachment, is okay regardless of other people. So if their partner says, I'm not okay, the codependent is not okay, but a healthy individual would say, I hear that you're not okay. I'm here to support you, but I'm still okay. So the codependence, mental wellness, emotional well-being is dependent on the well-being and emotional state of other people. That's what makes it dysfunctional. So according to psychology today, codependency is a dysfunctional relationship dynamic where one person plays the role of the giver, sacrificing their own needs and well-being for the sake of the other person who is in the role of the taker. So it's an uneven relationship. It's not reciprocal. One person gives and the other person takes, but it's not an equal give and take. And this doesn't have to be relationships, intimate partner relationships. This could be relationship with anybody in your life. This could be an intimate partner relationship. This could be a mother-child relationship. This could be a sibling relationship. This could be a platonic friendship. Codependency could occur in any relationship dynamic. We first began to hear about codependency in substance use treatment, um, addiction and recovery treatment, because codependency and enabling are terms that we use interchangeably. So in addiction and substance use treatment, we often talk about the enabler. 
That's the person with codependent traits. That's the person who is not holding the addict accountable, not um, setting those hard boundaries, what used to be called perhaps tough love. And that's the codependency, is that the codependent person rushes in to fix it, to take care of it, to rescue the other person, either the person with the substance use problem, the person who's an alcoholic, or the narcissist when they're creating chaos. The codependent rushes in to fix it and to make it all better. They're the rescuer, the caretaker, the hero, but in an extreme sense of that. So not just a caretaker, like a mother caring for a child or somebody caring for their partner or their family member. This is excessive amounts of caring. You're over-functioning and the other person then doesn't have to function for themselves. So because codependency first came around in the, I think, 80s um, with addiction treatment, Melody Beattie is the author of Codependent No More. And She was one of the first authors to really write on this topic. And Codependent No More has been around for a long time. She recently revised it. Um, But she worked in addiction and recovery. I believe she was actually a receptionist. And one of the um, managers or one of the counselors might have been... one of the medical directors, but she was married to that person. And she'll, she talks about how she ended up being the codependent, being the enabler, because she, her husband was an alcoholic, but nobody knew this was happening behind closed doors. So at the rehabilitation center, she was working primarily with the spouses of alcoholic men and realized that these women were enabling, were codependent. And then she realized that that was the role that she had developed into in her own marriage. So Melody Beattie has a lot of work on codependency, um, codependent no more, the language of letting go are just two of her books. And Like I previously said, she recently revised Codependent No More and updated it. So definitely worth reading. So codependency is not a clinical diagnosis. Codependency is a psychological term that we use to describe somebody in the relationship based on their traits and how they function in that relationship. But there is no clinical diagnosis in the DSM for codependency. Codependency is not included in personality uh, personality disorders. Um, There is no clinical diagnosis for codependency. It is a descriptor. So codependency 
some signs of codependency, like we briefly mentioned, are when somebody rushes in to rescue, rushes in to fix it, to do it all for somebody else. And really what they're doing is taking it over. Another person who has an awesome book on codependency or really about boundaries is um, Terry Cole. And that book is entitled Boundary Boss. She has other literature out there too, but Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. And she coined a term high-functioning codependent. And a high-functioning codependent is somebody who seemingly has everything going for them. They have it all together. However, they continue to do things for other people that the other person can and should be doing for themselves. So when we take it upon ourselves to take the responsibility onto ourselves to take the responsibility that somebody else's but we make ourselves responsible for it we're over functioning we're not allowing that other person to to function for themselves and oftentimes what happens and this happened in my relationship I would wonder we would break up The person would seem to be functioning fine. I would think, oh, maybe they changed. They got their shit together. We would come back together and all of a sudden they're not functioning. Why is this? Well, this is because I'm a high functioning codependent. So without me, the person would function just fine because they had to. And I'm not saying this is all my fault, but that was the relationship dynamic when we would be come back together, when we would join as a couple, I would over-function. I would take everything over. I would do it for them. I would control everything. And that person had no motivation or incentive to function at all. So in my over-functioning that person demonstrated a lack of functioning. And then what happens? The codependent person becomes resentful. Why am I doing it all? Well, because I took on the responsibility of doing it all and I didn't allow my partner to step up to the plate and do it for themselves. That's the dynamic of the codependent. The caretaking, the over-functioning, the fixing it, the rushing to fix it, to offering suggestions when you're not even asked for your advice. Um, and why do we do that? It comes down to control. And that's what's difficult to hear. Nobody wants to hear that they're controlling or that they have a need for control. But when we fix it, when we rescue, when we take the responsibility off of the other person, we're controlling the outcome. We're controlling that we're going to put out that dumpster fire, that we're going to have peace. And that peace is what we want. That peace is desirable. That peace makes us feel better. If we 
shift the responsibility to its rightful owner and that person doesn't fix it, doesn't help themselves, then they're still in the chaos and that is causing us chaos. And that's the codependent dynamic is that we're taking it over, fixing it for you because we want to control the outcome and be at peace. When really the healthy way of interacting in this relationship is to say, this is, this is your responsibility. You fix it. And they are then led to the choice. Let me put out my own dumpster fire. And if I don't, I'm going to be in chaos, but Jamie is over here. I can still be at peace. Your chaos and your dumpster fire doesn't have to bleed into my peaceful space. I hope that that makes sense for people. So let's look a little more. As I said, there's no formal psychiatric diagnosis. Where does codependency come from? It's rooted in childhood trauma. It's rooted in family dysfunction, childhood family dynamics, chaos, and dysfunctional family systems. Some um, signs of being codependent, in addition to having to fix it, having to rescue, feeling the need to be responsible for everything and over-functioning, is psychiatric symptoms like depression and anxiety. So you feel depressed or anxious if you're not fixing it. Um, Self-judging, you're constantly judging yourself or you're overly critical of yourself. A fear of abandonment, a fear of rejection. If I don't jump in and rescue my partner, if I don't jump in and fix it for this family member, they're going to be mad at me. And not being able to tolerate that. So fear of abandonment, fear of rejection, and the excessive need to please others, the excessive people pleasing. And that comes from childhood trauma and dysfunctional family systems. Your needs were not met in childhood. Your your people pleasing comes from your unmet need of being validated and feeling like you pleased your parent or caregiver. The fear of rejection and fear of abandonment comes from the childhood experience of having an inconsistent parent or caregiver, someone who either did abandon you or were in and out and they weren't consistent physically or emotionally. So now in your adult relationships, You have this fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, and so you excessively try to compensate for that with this over-functioning, with this codependency, with this, if I control everything, if I fix it for this person and I do it all for them, then they need me, then they won't abandon or reject me because I'm needed, I'm useful, I serve a purpose. Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? All right. So how do you know if you're codependent or not? Well, if you're depressed and you're anxious in your relationships, if you find yourself always trying to fix somebody else's problems, somebody else's chaos, 
then you probably have an, an you know a little bit of a clue that this is not a healthy relationship and you might be in a codependent relationship or you might have codependent traits so in 1985 um frail codependency assessment inventory was developed and again, this is not to diagnose people. There is no formal psychiatric diagnosis or personality disorder diagnosis for codependence. But in 1985, this codependency assessment inter, um, inventory came out and it is um, 60 true or false questions and it's self-administered. So you go through it yourself and um, there's a scoring system. So some examples of the questions are, um, and it's it's for yourself. You're not answering these questions talking about your child or your partner. They're self-questions. It's about you. So I make enough time to do things for myself every week, true or false. Sometimes I feel like I just waste a lot of time and don't get anywhere. I am very satisfied with my intimate love life. I am satisfied with the number and kind of relationships I have in my life. My family taught me to express feelings and affection openly when I was growing up. It's hard for me to talk about to talk to someone in authority like a boss or a teacher. I am satisfied with the way I take care of my own needs. I do not feel good about my childhood. I often feel like nobody really knows me. So that's just an example of a handful of questions on this questionnaire. There's 60 questions. You score it based on your score. Um, you have codependent traits or likely have codependent traits. The questions really target what you think about your childhood experiences, how good you are at setting boundaries, how assertive you are, how satisfied you are in your relationships. And they also target some self-esteem um, questions. So I, I feel like people don't really know me. That is a question around self-esteem. When we feel too vulnerable or fear rejection and abandonment, we often don't allow people to get to know us. And then this other question that I didn't read. Oh, I find it difficult to ask what, for what I want and I don't let people take advantage of me. So the questions of that nature are really trying to identify if you are a people pleaser and if you keep your boundaries, if you set and keep boundaries. So again, that is the Frail Codependency Assessment Inventory. It came out in 1985 by Mental Health America of Northern Kentucky and Southwest Ohio. And um, it is free online. You can just look it up. Um, the website is www.mhanky.swoh.org. <clears throat> so what do you do if you think that you're codependent or you're, you're in a codependent relationship? 
get a trauma-informed therapist. Um, healing codependency or recovering from codependent traits involves therapy, involves therapy. Get a licensed therapist in your area. You can email me at the therapist mindset if you need help finding a therapist. But therapy involves healing in our child wounds, identifying family dynamics and childhood experiences that have contributed to your codependent traits as an adult. Learning and learning to identify your values and your needs and learning how to express them. So learning to ask for what you want versus putting your needs and desires on the back burner to take care of others. Therapy and recovery includes learning how to set better boundaries. Again, Boundary Boss by Terry Cole is an excellent book. She also has a workbook with scripts. Um, highly recommend it. So healing your inner child wounds, learning how to set boundaries, learning to improve your self-esteem. Those are all things that a licensed therapist can help you with. In addition, breath work, meditation, yoga, all of those things help us to process trauma. Let's see. Let's, let's look at what our cards tell us. What can we, what, what does the collective need to know about codependency and what, what direction would be helpful for you guys? So I like to use the dialectical behavior therapy deck. Dialectical behavioral therapy is an evidence-based approach developed by Marsha Linehan. So in DBT, we learn a lot about interpersonal effectiveness, learning how to improve our relationships with others, and often that includes boundary setting. So let's see. Emotion regulation is the first card out of the DBT flashcard deck that I pulled. And emotion regulation is the ability to identify our emotions, tolerate our emotions, and sit with them. So if you're someone who goes from zero to 100 and you feel like you're easily irritated, angry, that's a sign of not regulating your emotions well. If you're someone who feels like someone's disappointed in you and start to cry and become really upset, then that's a sign that you're not regulating your emotions well. So regulating our emotions and learning emotion regulation skills, such as meditation, is part of the DBT program. Meditation helps... Mindfulness helps. Um, mindfulness could be anything. We, I like to say brush your teeth mindfully. Use your senses. I have some um, guided meditations and breathwork exercises on the therapist mindset. Please check them out. And the other DBT skill that we have here is let go of judgments. When we're judging ourselves, 
we do not allow growth. When we're judging ourselves, it leaves us no room to grow. We have to accept ourselves, our flaws, our mistakes, and only through acceptance do we grow. All right, our angel oracle cards. Let's see what the collective might need to know about setting better boundaries and codependency. Setting better boundaries and codependency. Be brave. Our guardian angels tell us to be brave. And that is relevant. Why? Because changing anything, especially if we believe that it will change our relationships with people that we love and value, is scary. So it takes a lot of courage to set boundaries with people when they are accustomed to you not setting any boundaries. It takes a lot of courage to tell people what we want and what we need when we've never done that before. So being brave is important and recognizing that you deserve to be treated with love and kindness and respect and your desires and your needs and your wants you're worthy of all of those. All right, lastly, we're going to look at the Workflow Wellness deck. So these are a deck of cards that help us when we work. So whether that's in the workplace or the family, or the family let's be a resource and mentor others. So in service to others, we grow. So there is no better way to help ourselves heal and grow than through helping other people. So once we feel like we're at a stable place and we're growing, then being of service to others, whether that's volunteering somewhere, whether it's sponsoring someone in a 12-step meeting, whether it's volunteering your time um, at a church or a food bank, but being of service to others is one of the best ways to grow and maintain the energy and space of gratitude. All right, you guys, I love you. Follow me on TikTok, The Therapist Mindset. I will be posting a guided meditation and breathwork session for self um, releasing self-judgment, which will help with codependent recovery. The Therapist Mindset at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot me an email if you have any questions or um, want to share ideas for topics on this podcast. I'm more than well open to hearing your suggestions. I love them. Thank you. And till next time. Oh, before I forget, please give this podcast a five-star review and share it. The more five-star reviews we have, the more follows and shares of the therapist mindset, the more opportunities we have to help people anywhere around the world. Just the more we share, the more opportunities people get to listen. And I so thank you for that. Be well.